Welcome to the Limitless Entrepreneur Podcast, your weekly dose of strategies and mindset tools to build a business in alignment with your purpose and to get you playing a bigger game. I'm your host, Nicole Leno. Hello, and welcome to the Limitless Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Leno, and I am here with a very special guest that I'm excited to have here today. I'm here with Heather Chauvin. I am so happy to have you here. She is the host of the Emotionally Uncomfortable Podcast, and she's just a beautiful soul, and I'm so thrilled to have you here. Welcome to the show, Heather. Thank you, Nicole. I love these deep, intimate conversations, and I'm so freaking excited. Yes, I am. I'm thrilled to have you here. We're going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to actually dive into your human design chart. We're going to hear all about you. But but before we start, tell everybody a little bit about you. Tell your, tell them your story. So I'm a soul having a human experience. When you were asked this question so many freaking times, I'm like, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? <laughs> right? Um, back in the day, I used to be a social worker. I'm a woman raising three boys who are currently 17, 12, and 10. And I started my career uh, really trying to see and understand my children's behavior. And I was doing that for other families as well. And I always had this sense of there's something, I, I there's got to be a different way. There has to be a different way. And so I started my business online, um, left social work, started my business online, really supporting mainly women, um, understanding their children from a... Um, kind of a mirroring and emotional perspective, right? Like, let's gain that emotional freedom. Let's figure out what our triggers are. Let's figure out where we need to heal. And at the time, I really believed that when a human came with a pain point of my child, my child, my child, it was about the child. And so um, we started going down this rabbit hole and these women were telling me, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have the energy. My career... Um, needs to change. My marriage is falling apart. My health is falling apart. And I was like, okay, okay, but you've paid me to work on this relationship. Like, let's go over here. Let's support. And slowly the conversation started shifting. Um, And it was nine years ago when I was diagnosed with a stage four cancer. Um, You know, hindsight is always 20-20. And I was into personal development. I read the books. I attended the retreats. I did all the things. Um, But I was operating from give, 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 and had a very difficult time receiving. And so after that, my business completely shifted where I said, we can have these pain points. We can have the quote unquote life contrast of what we don't want, right? We don't want to yell. We don't want to be in debt. We don't want to feel like crap. We don't want to feel disconnected in our relationships. And so I come from a different perspective of like, how can we feel alive? How can we grow? How can we be aligned in ourselves and our personal and professional lives while also being the leader that we desire in our home? And I really do believe that we can, we can create that balance. I hate the word balance, but we can create that alignment at home and in our work, learning boundaries, learning emotional freedom. Um, And my podcast actually used to be called Mama's in Control, which I absolutely always hated. Um, 
I just never resonated with it, felt so masculine. Um, and it shifted this year to emotionally uncomfortable because what I realized is, you know, everyone says, I want to feel joy. I want to feel abundant. I want to feel alive. But that appears to be the most vulnerable uh, state of being and understanding how to kind of bust through and have that emotional regulation, emotional intelligence is where the magic happens. So it's my passion. Um, and as you know, because we talked about it on my podcast, there's a lot of shame around it as well. And people want to avoid it and run away from it. So when I show up in a room, people are either attracted to me or they run away. Um, I make people very emotionally uncomfortable in a good way. Well, that's how we affect change. Some of us, I have the same experience. A lot of people are, you, you, you're, you're either like very into what I'm doing or you want nothing to do with me. <laughs> I'm very triggering, yeah. but, um, but I, I love what you said about, you know, it, it just hit me when you were like, I, I give, 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 but I couldn't receive. Mm -hmm. And was that a revelation that you had during the cancer journey? Was it before that? Was it after kind of like in the hindsight of 2020, looking at it being like, I didn't know how to receive. When did that hit you? Um, I always tell people because they think like my book is called dying to be a good mother. And they think my whole business and my journey and my mission is like cancer. I do not identify with that at all. It feels like a little roadblock in my life, mm -hmm. although it literally did almost kill me. But that cancer forced me to look at the things that I was avoiding. And I, I tell the story in the book and it was a like it was one of those moments that I truly remember, but I remember walking out of the hospital the the night I was diagnosed and I looked up in the sky and I said L out loud, it was so, I mean, if there was a movie made, it was raining, it was in December, it should have been snowing. My husband's walking in front of me and I'm like, you finally have my attention and I surrender, I surrender. I'm like, I will listen to you. And I was forced to look at, you know, the receiving before I think I believed that I was receiving because I'm like, I go to yoga, I drink the green juice, I, I meditate, I read the books. But there was like, it could just get like, up to the first layer, I didn't let it in. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know how to let it in. And it's fascinating to me now because when I'm coaching women, um, we have like mentors and I, I, I love watching human behavior. So I can tell when someone's so close to a breakthrough and they want to run away from it because it's becoming so emotionally uncomfortable. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You are so freaking close. Like stay here. And they're like, no. And they want to run away. And that was me. And I was like, I can't run anymore. I'm here. So I really don't think I knew how to receive until I actually had to do it to save my life. The catalyst for the surrender. Yeah. Really. And then it's then it's it becomes the surrender is the story and and that journey after. And I, I love that. And I've I have um other people that I've worked with that have had similar experiences where they're just like, yeah, like I don't identify with it. It was a turning point in my life for sure. But that's kind of where the relationship with it ends. <laughs> um, and there's so much that, so I, I ran your human design chart because we talked about doing that uh, on the show. Mm -hmm. And there's, 
is it all right? I, I might run through this quickly, but I was curious. I'm always curious to know that when, when people have their human design chart run, like, what do you, what are you looking to see? Or what is there something? Cause usually there's something like, I wonder if this confirms something I already know, or if this tells me something or helps me figure something out. Is there something in here that you would, that you hope comes through? I feel like every time I have something read back, it's confirmation Mm -hmm. or permission. Um, But I would be curious. So I'll tell you this. I'll tell you how I felt during cancer. Um, And I'm curious if my design chart reflects this back or what that aspect of that is. Um, I was a doer. I was go, 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 go. Um, I was feeling like shit, but I was used to feeling like shit, giving to my kids, doing all the things, but always having this like inner, there has to be something more. There has to be something more. And questioning why people did what they did. But because I was operating from this place of, I want to be a successful mother. I want to be a good mother. I kind of bypassed that part of myself. But when cancer entered my life, I didn't go into this. I felt very disconnected from everybody. I could see their emotions coming at me, their fear of like, she's dying. And me just having a boundary with that. Um, But one specific thing that I noticed was I was actually still working during cancer. And the only reason why I was technically working during cancer is because I needed the financial income But it gave me life. It energized me. And I tell people all the time, I think working during that time saved my life because I felt energized and alive where counter like culture, people would say, what are you doing? What are you doing? You need to restore and recover. But it actually felt like it was helping me recover. So I'm curious what you see. Okay, well, that's very interesting, and, and, you're and smiling, and yes, because as you're saying that, you're using, and this was sort of <laughs> listening to your podcast. I hear you, and um, before I know people's designs, I hear the language that they ch- they use, the some of the the words that we choose naturally, they align very much with our design. So what you're saying, like you, you saying that, you know, I felt like work saved me, that it it rejuvenated me, that it was replenishing me. That's because you are an emotional, first of all, you're, an, you're a 6'2 emotional generator. And as a generator and your sacral center, so generators have their sacral center defined. And it means that that is your life force energy that you have consistent access to it, that we are lit up by work. So when you say, because literally this is a motor in our body that powers us. That gives us this, it it is what activates our aura. So we have this warm enveloping aura as a generator. You just have this, it magnetizes people to you when it's turned on Mm. and it gets turned on by the work that we do, by the things that we are doing. And it doesn't have to be work as we know it. It could be gardening. If you love gardening and you looked outside today and you were like, I want to work in the garden. And your gut said, yes, let's do that. And you followed that that response and you did it and you're just so happy gardening in the garden, planting your stuff and you're just lit up. You are magnet. You are a magnet at that point. Um, What happens is when your sacral is turned on, it actually will generate more energy for the task that it said yes to. 
I'm excited about gardening. We're gardening. Okay, we are going to fuel this project with beautiful life force energy and it's going to feel great because that's what we're here to do. We're here to feel great. You saying that work, if you had stopped working and done what people told you to do, because the right thing to do would be for you to rest and rejuvenate, um, the way you rest and rejuvenate, the way that you rejuvenate is to work. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you burn yourself out. It doesn't mean that you work because you have to. It, it does have to be something. If work made you feel good, if your sacral is like, we want to be active and you follow that, then you were being rejuvenated. You were activating your life force energy. So that to me, when you were saying that, I was just like, no, it was you following your intuition and your intuition is your guiding force, which is your sacral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if your sacral is saying, we don't want to work, we don't want that and pulling you down, you would have felt resistance to the work. It wouldn't have rejuvenated you. You would have needed to rest because we're we're only meant to work on the things that feel good to us in the moment. It doesn't necessarily have to be. Sometimes I feel like I want to like clean my garage, <laughs> you know, like where I'm like, I'm lit up by that, by the idea of it being done by like, that's where I want to put my energy right now. So it doesn't always have to be a task that seems like something so exciting, like cleaning my garage right now. I'm like, I don't want to do that. It's 100 degrees outside. But another day, I might be like, yeah, let's do it. And I'll work until sundown. And I'll like be like, all right, I've got to stop now because we got to get to bed. Yeah. I, it's so aligned. Like you, you, you put words to feelings, right? And I think there's a lot of permission and trust and knowing that comes into feeling alive. Obviously, human design is is one way to have it's almost like you're like I need a I need a guide map and then you're like mm-hmm. okay how can I integrate into my life from that which is interesting because after this whole cancer journey I created like a tool called energetic time management mm-hmm. which is about reverse engineering how you want to feel in your life and watching and observing the amount of resistance that women have to implementing in this li- in their lives is so fascinating to me. Yes, so exactly. And this is what I'm talking about, how it's human design, when you're using it in the way that it's meant to be used, which is a map, which is a guidebook on how to live your life most efficiently and with the greatest amount of joy. And for you, it led you through a really difficult time. You didn't know you were using it, but you were using your energy correctly. And a lot of us are. It's not like we're living horribly misaligned lives in all ways. There are some things we're getting right, but maybe we're not getting them consistently right. And that's where human design can kind of guide us to, if I'm feeling frustrated, then I know that that's a a misaligned state for me. So that's for generators where if you're satisfied, that's a sign that you're in alignment. So that's like, I cleaned the garage. Man, that was satisfying. That's a sign that I'm in alignment, that I did something. I followed the sacral response. I did the thing. I did it in high energy. I'm in, I'm in alignment. If I'm frustrated, if we are frustrated, then that's the f- red flag to say, let's take a pause here and evaluate what are we doing and why? <laughs> yeah. Are we doing it because we feel we should? Are we doing it because someone told us to? Are we doing it because it's what we've always done? Or are we doing it because our sacral said yes? And And so by following those simple guidelines, they tell us how we can 
be fine tuning our energy. We can be making choices more consistently in alignment rather than out of alignment. Yeah. The other thing that, and, and this is, it's in your chart and it's kind of my interpretation of things, but you're, you're an emotional authority, um, which means you have your solar plexus defined. If that's defined, you're automatically an emotional authority because it's a, it's a big old motor with, they're just running emotions 24 seven in some way in, in your being. So, so it cool. has to be part of the decision-making process. We have to be aware of it. We have to be aware that we are emotional. So the key with emotional authority is to wait big decisions. Most emotionals have this experience where, you know, when I say like, if someone told you, you have to make this decision right now, and you felt pressured into making that decision, it would either probably piss you off or make you feel really anxious because you're just like, I, I'm not ready. And I, I don't know why it's because it's not a logical process we go through to make decisions. We literally feel into them. Mm-hmm. We literally have to take them. I always say like, you take, you take the decision on the emotional roller coaster ride with you. And throughout the ride, you're just looking over at it being like, okay, we're at the top of the way. We're in really high emotions. I still like you. Okay. We're in really low emotions. Now I look over. I still like you here. I still like you there. I take you with me. And at the end of it, I go, yeah, okay, we could do this thing now. <laughs> okay, I, tell, I could say yes. I tell my team that all the time. I tell my kids that, my husband, where I'm like, I know my process. It's coming. It's just not there yet. And my husband yep. looks at me like I have 10 heads. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, don't worry. I can feel the answer coming. I just need to take, I always use the term unhook right? Like I need to unhook myself from the pressure. I can feel the pressure. Um, I do a lot of talking to my feelings. So I'm like, mm-hmm. pressure, why are you here? What do you need from me? And identify, I'm like, okay, you just need to process. You need to like, you need some time. And then I take the physical action for recovery or whatever it is. And then I'm like, boom, there it is. This is what we're doing. No, that's, that's beautiful. And that's, Again, that's you just kind of intuitively really being being in tune with how you what your process really is. Mm-hmm. And and that emotional part is usually a, a big part that people have to let go of because we're taught and told that it's a virtue to move fast. Yeah. That it's it's, you know, you're better if you can be really decisive. And emotionals, we're not. My husband is not emotional. And same, like I I'm would venture guess to say that your husband is probably not either Mm -hmm. because that's why they don't understand our decision-making process because they literally don't have the same emotional process happening inside of them. My husband makes a decision. He's just like, nope, I know. And he's sure, like really, really sure. And he's usually right, but that's his process and not mine. So there's power in, in understanding these things. But one of the other things with the emotional, there's a couple components to your emotional definition here. Um, one being, um, and there, there's also, uh, your conscious sun and your conscious earth. So in gene keys, we call that your life's work and your evolution. These are very key energies in your design. Um, they are, they make up the one channel that makes you emotional, which is the channel that the 3740 channel called the channel of community. Um, these are big, big energies in your chart. It's very, there's not too many, I think there's only five where a channel are the uh, the pairing partners that make up your sun and your earth. Mm-hmm. 
So you, you have a kind of a rarity there where they make up one particular energy and they're also the opposite sides of the wheel where they're kind of polar opposites of each other, these polarities. Um, and the channel of community is really about, it's about the tribe. It's about taking care of the tribe. You also have, you have two, you're, you're mainly a tribal circuitry person. Um, and what that really means is we, we take care of those who are close to us. We take care of our group. However, we view our inner circle and you being a six, two, that might actually expand out pretty far where, you know, your tribe of people, your audience might be how, how you see yourself nurturing and, and taking care of people who are not necessarily in your inner, inner circle. But when you talked about giving, giving, giving to your family, this channel of community is very much about the, I'm going to use the word, it's, it can be transactional. It's like the channel of marriage where it's like, I take care of the kids, you take care of the resources and bringing everything in. And, and we have a good, we have a good community going here. Like I've got your back, you've got mine. Right. And there's that agreement there. Um, and that agreement gets made in all sorts of ways, in friendships, in in family partnerships, and with the kids. There's there's this sense of like, I've got you, but there's also, I don't want to say tough, but like tough love, but you're also not a pushover typically with this channel where you're like, oh no, but I expect you to do your part too. Yeah. I actually find I do very well in relationships with people where it is co-creation, um, whether it is in my marriage or in my community, like I have such a hearty, like in the work that I do, a lot of people will come to me and be like, I want you, I want you. And once they get on the inside, they're like, holy crap, this is amazing. I feel super supported. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm taking care of my people, taking care of my team, taking care of the coaches, the mentors, everybody, when they get in, they're like, this is amazing. But there is an expectation of like, you want something from me. I can feel it if you're trying to suck from me. How can it be a co-creation? And I've found that I do this in my parenting. Um, like, you know, I'm I'm gonna take care of you, but at some point you gotta pass, you know, you gotta do your part too. Um, but it's interesting because then when you throw the humanness onto it of like gender role expectation um, and trauma, like family dynamics, it's unlearning those things. But at the core, the desire is there, like the knowing is there of like, this feels easy when I'm in relationship and flow with people that are like, do you have a resource for this? And hey, I have two resources for you. And I'm like, heck, yes, I have the energy for that. But when someone's like, I need you, can I have your time? It literally drains me. And that's, and it's good for you to understand that and to know that because the low frequency of this and the thing that can lead to burnout, to feeling like people run all over you or people are taking all the time and you're giving all the time, but you're not receiving mm -hmm. is sort of a, the, a, the dial turned low on this particular channel yeah. that, that, there needs to be this balance. You need to feel that and to know that. It doesn't necessarily have to be 50% me, 50% you. It just has to be what you perceive as fair. There's also, this is just kind of completely side note, but there's usually this, I don't know if you're a big foodie, but there's usually a lot of food that has to do with this, this line, feeding people resources, like feeding families and and things like that. Like that's often something that <laughs> when you hear that with channels, um, 
I, you know, you're like, can that really be true? But most of the people who have this one are like, yeah, I, I feed people. I don't know if that rings true for you at all. I feel like I want to be a foodie, but that abundance of like wanting to feed people 100%, but I would be the one to be like, I'm going again to find my foodie friend and <laughs> invite them to the party so that they can feed my people, but I will gather the people. Right, yeah. right. It, yeah. It's very much like the center of the home, the center of the community. Like that's that's this person. So that energy is is very strong in you because it's not only the channel that makes you emotional, like it's literally, it is your emotional flavor, mm. your strongest emotional flavor, but it's also your conscious sun and your conscious earth, which are that life's work and evolution in gene keys. And what we look at these two for, those pairing partners, we're looking at it's your purpose. It is your it is your life theme. And there's another way that we look at purpose, which is the your your incarnation cross, which is yours is the cross of migration and it's left angle. So being a six two, when you have a six two profile, when you have a six in front or a five in front, you're what we call transpersonal, meaning that your karmic destiny is tied to other people and it will be born out of you working or communicating or uh, integrating and working with other people. It's not going to be about you focusing just on you. It's going to be about others. So, and, and this, <laughs> it sounds so, it sounds so wonderful. I have this too, um, where I literally, we, we can't, we can't fulfill our destiny by ourselves. Mm. We're meant to have yeah, an effect. Give me so much permission. I say I'm a co-creator with everyone, but I get lit up. Like even when I wrote my book, doing it by myself, I don't know if that this is what we're talking about, but doing mm -hmm. it by my, I always like, is this giving me life, right? Like, or do I feel like, ugh, like it's sucking the life out of me? Doing it by myself felt like death. I was like, I can't yeah. do this. But when I had somebody like interview me or like pull stuff out of me, I was like, oh, lit up like a Christmas tree. And also even just this past month because of post COVID, I had an in-person book launch party and I made it a we movement. I was like, mm -hmm. this isn't about me. It's about us. And that, so there's a few things in your chart. That, there, and, and this is where there's so many layers to all of this. Like we could literally, we could, we, I, I literally do talk to people for years about, you know, various aspects of their design and how they show up in their life. Cause it constantly changes as we evolve. But one of the things that jumps out there is you have an open throat. Um, or an undefined throat. So it could possibly feel like when you were birthing that book and you're you're communicating, that's the center of communication, which means it, you don't have consistent energy in that area for yourself, but it gets activated by other people. And so if you were being interviewed, typically people with an open throat, like Oprah has an open throat. She built a career interviewing people. Why? Because that energy that she gets she can, you can read and pull from other people, borrow their voice, borrow their way, and literally make it your own. It's not a stealing, it's not a copying. It's it's like you get to add that ingredient to your sauce and make it extra special. And then someone else comes in and it's slightly different and it's, and it's this morphing thing. So there's this beautiful fluidity with the openness there. Um, but that can also be that when you do it by yourself, you're just like, I don't know why it's just not working. Or 
can be your sacral, where if you're like, I'm going to write now because it's on my calendar to write right now. And your sacral's like, I don't feel like it. I'm not responding to anything. But then you talk to someone and they give you a thought, they give you an idea, they say something to you that sparks something in you. And you're like, oh my God, I have to write right now. Yes. That's using sacral energy and using your design to find your flow. Mm -hmm. So we can kind of manufacture the flow a bit just by engaging with life. And for sacrals and with your open throat, it would probably be talking to people and engaging with people, plus your community channel. You're really meant to be here. There's a lot of aspects of your chart that are saying like, you're not meant to go it alone. <laughs> you are meant to be integrating and, and working with other people. Your transpersonal profile, you have a, what we call a split definition as well, meaning that your circuitry, there's a break in it. I have this as well. Um, like 50% of the world has, has splits. But what it is, is your defined centers don't all connect, meaning that there is at some point, it's like if there are roads that are connecting all of the defined centers, there's a road that dead ends somewhere. And you're like, I can't get to this other center. We can't talk to each other. So we have we end up with these islands of definition, meaning that it's like there's two voices happening inside of us. And but those those dead ends can be completed by other people who have the definition where you are open. So meaning your split definition happens at gate. You have three gates that can possibly complete that split. So if you encounter someone with gate 27, gate 51, or gate 57, they can what complete you. Well, I'm putting that in air quotes. It can feel that way, meaning we give you single definition where all of your stuff can talk in the presence of those people. It's always interesting because it's, a lot of times our partners end up completing those splits. Um I have one of the gates that completes yours. So in our interactions, you might feel like you have access to a, a steadier flow of those energies. Um, but really what happens, the purpose of the splits is because we need other people, because we can connect through the energies of other people, we're meant to be around other people. Yeah. We're meant to teach people about the openness that exists because we're wise in those spaces where we need relationships. We have this kind of inner need for them. So it becomes part of our purpose. There's no, there's no accidents in design. It's not like someone, it's not like God forgot to put that gate in to complete your circuitry. No, you're open there and you have the split for a reason because you're meant to interact with people. And if you had single definition, you may not need other people as much. <laughs> And you may spend more time alone. Interesting. Um, I, I want to bring up your incarnation cross, which is your purpose, your life's path. Now, if I were really getting, and I'm going to take a little bit of levity with the chart, because sometimes it's not about, there's no literal meanings to anything. I mean, we're, we're, we give you keynotes and ideas, but sometimes it can tell a story and sometimes it can, the story can empower us a bit more or make us feel like it confirmed some things that we've been wondering about or, or wanting permission to dig into deeper. So your incarnation cross, your purpose is uh, the left angle cross of migration. Now your purpose is not something in human design. Your purpose is not something that you can chase. 
It's not something like, okay, well, if I do this, then I'm I'm after I'm I'm going toward my purpose. It doesn't really work that way. It's the unfolding of life. The more you live in alignment, the more you will be guided to your purpose very naturally. So if we take it like some of your story and say that cancer came into your life to slow you down, to show you how to surrender and to receive. To bring that channel 3740 into balance where you're not giving all, but you're able to really hold the space to give to people, but also say, no, but I will not let you pull from me. I'm going to hold my own here because that makes me a stronger member of the community. I can hold more space for people this way. I can help more people this way. This leads to this purpose. So by you holding that space as a 6'2", you're here to affect lots of people. You are here to be a community leader. You're here to be a role model. So by you living your experience, you help others. It's very much the six experience. And your left angle cross of migration, if that is all leading you to this purpose, which the cross of migration is about about leading communities to a new frontier. You don't typically like rules um, or the rules as they stand right now. And you're sort of that person. It represents the energy to say, okay, we did it this way. We did it for a long time. That's no longer the way. This is the new way. Here we go. Come with me. You have the energy when you, when everything is in tune in your chart, you have the energy to pull people along that very, very naturally where they're like, yes, I believe that. Let's go. If you're out of alignment in your other energies, that purpose can't really be fulfilled because you're not able to carry it. It's the alignment that allows it to just be, it's not something you think about. It's like, oh, well, that's just where we're going. So that's sort of like, and like I said, I take some levity with this stuff because I'm not God. I don't know why things happen, but we can look at it through this lens and it just shows that there's this potentially this really beautiful path even beyond where you are right now um, to lead the community further, to really start to see that new frontier, the new way, this, this place specifically for your community. And your community is probably going to be kind of at a very high level where it's more you from the top, not you leading a small group, but kind of at, you know, more from the top of the mountain. I'm sure you hear this a lot, especially with women, like female entrepreneurs, but it's like that knowing of like feeling that next level. Mm -hmm. Like, I know I was meant to do big things. I know I was meant to do big things and I can very much feel that and the motivation is intuitive um when i find and i'm sure i know we've talked a lot about trust and i interviewed you for my podcast as well and we talk about trust and trusting yourself and trusting um your knowing but it's fascinating to me from the outside energetics that come in and whether we trust ourselves and trust our own path Because when I think about certain things of where I'm headed, and then I get, um, let's say, feedback from 
not necessarily my inner circle because people don't hang out there too much if we're like not aligned because I'm just (laughs) it feels like an energy suck. Um, And that, again, has been something I've had to learn and grow through. But the cultural conversations and expectations of who we need to be, right? Mm -hmm. So how that affects our growth and opportunity as well. Like, okay, I know I'm supposed to be do big things, but feeling like you're in a in-between state. Mm -hmm. What's that about with human design? Well, it's interesting you brought that up. So you have two aspects of your chart that really lend to the slow down and be patient. (laughs) Actually, you have three. (laughs) But so with the six line, your six profile, your six two, the six is the role model. The six goes through three stages of life. From zero to 30, you guys are what we call a three line. Um, That's kind of the first stage of your evolution. It's, It's the only profile that's like this which is it has this evolutionary, like evolution is a theme for you guys. We're all evolving, but the six is really evolving. And the way that it's explained um, with kind of a visual that usually helps people understand is from zero to 30, you're in the weeds, you're out there living life. You are bumping into life and life is bumping into you. You're like, most people experience this if they lived high frequency in that in that stage as like, yeah, I could kind of do anything. And if it didn't go well, whatever, no problem, because I'll just do something else and not really attached, really feeling like um, life isn't too precious and really just living. Um, and then you hit 30 and from 30 to 50, you go into what we call climbing up on the roof. So if you see this visual as like, zero to 30, you're out there on the ground, living with all the people, living it up, living life. 30 years old hits, you climb up on the roof and you say, that was really fun, but now I'm going to sit and I'm going to watch and I'm going to observe. So I've been there, done that. Now I'm going to watch it and I'm going to see, and I'm going to become wise that way. I I became wise by doing first stage. Second stage is about wise by watching. And then you hit 50, and that's where you step truly into the role model state, which is, I've been there, I've done it, I've watched it all, and now from this very centered place, I'm ready to come down off the roof and tell you all what I see, how I interpret it, because sixes are typically great teachers, um, really have a, a, a great way of explaining things. Can, can kind of be methodical. In, and I don't mean that in a rigid way, but in a way that people just understand. Um, the Obamas are both six twos. I think that they very much embody that energy of like quiet stillness. Um, and like, okay, I've, I've, I get it <laughs> is sort of the vibe that you get from the six, but it requires slowing down and it requires respecting each stage. So that feeling like I'm so close that I hear a lot from sixes where they're just like, and the the conditioned way is to feel like I should be moving faster. When is this going to be over? When am I going to be ready? You do not need to wait till you're 50 years old. Um, it's just, it's going to be different than it was when you were under 30. Yeah. So don't try to make it that. Understand how this is, it's actually preparing you to be the sage at the end of this is the slowing down. There is like you are getting to a new depth that running as fast as you did before, you wouldn't be able to reach. So respect it. Um, you're also emotional. We're just meant to slow down. 
emotional, like part of your lesson is you don't need to move as fast. Again, your wisdom comes over time. Your wisdom evolves. Your wisdom is about touching the depths of your soul, touching the depths of your emotions. We can't do that if we're moving fast. We miss it. You miss the wave. <laughs> you, you, you know, when you're just paddling all the time, you, you, you're not really paying attention and you're missing the one that you've been waiting for. So trusting that. And then another thing, um, this is from a Gene Keys perspective, but your unconscious earth, um, your unconscious earth is gate 35, which is, um, this is your, it's your purpose. So we talked about your life's work, which is sort of the theme of your life. And then there's your purpose, which is really about your grounding. And this is the unconscious side of who we are. This is the part that is, is your body is just sort of leading you in. You don't have conscious control over it, but it's sort of the, it, it's sort of the, um, the voice that's speaking to you, but our mind wants to overrule it because it's saying, no, 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 do it this way. This is in alignment with our personality. This is in alignment with what we want. There's a quieter voice that's saying, but trust me, the grounding is here. And those two points, you have gate five in your radiance and gate 35 in your purpose. And the gift of your radiance is patience. And impatience is the shadow. So being impatient, you're living in shadow in that space. So a, a big breakthrough, and the radiance key and gene keys really represents a breakthrough that you have when you can go from consciously who you think you are to the unconscious side of like, this is what's happening under the hood. And I'm going to accept this and I'm going to allow this to come out. And this is when your inner glow gets unlocked. And for you, that's patience. And the flip side of it, that's grounding in your purpose is adventure. How can you hold these polarities to be both patient and also have a sense of adventure, mm -hmm. have a sense of boundlessness, have a sense of that new frontier. So it's how all of these energies play. And this is where it becomes this, where what I usually advise people to do by understanding some of this stuff, and you don't have to take all of it in at once. It, it, it's better to let it unfold over time, but allowing that unfolding, that some of the stuff is meant to be deep because it's how the root grows deep. And when you understand these energies, when you are being for you, it's interesting when you're being patient, yet with this greater sense of boundlessness and adventure in your heart, your root grows deeper and deeper and deeper. And that makes you unshakable. It's interesting how we can have this conversation of language and just, I'm like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Everything that you are saying about when when I'm doing my quote unquote work or working with people is impatience, right? Is not in alignment with how I want to feel. And like mm -hmm. you said, it's the shadow. So I'm paying attention to the impatience and I'm like, this is not in alignment. Get back to patience, get back to center. Um, adventure is a big thing in my life right now. It's giving me life where it used to suck the life out of me. Like I loved adventure, I just didn't have the capacity for it. Where now I'm doing things that like endurance races and things that 
used to suck the life out of me. I mean, yes, I take way better care of myself now, but it just feels more more aligned. And people are like, you're going to burn out, you're going to burn out. And I'm like, no, this feels this feels good, right? There's, there's always that, like, you got to find the messy middle, but um, it's just fascinating. Yeah, and it's, and, you know, what came through when you were saying that is, you know, anything done, the same thing done in different energy has a very, very different outcome and experience. So you doing endurance races in the energy of hunger or desperation, or I've got to do this, or this means I will be X, or this means I have validated myself, or this means now I'm healthy. Um, doing it in that energy, yeah, you probably will burn yourself out. Doing it out of a sense of adventure and allowing it to open you up, very, very different, same activity, very different energy behind it. And it's the energetic side of things that really determines the end result and what our experience is. Yeah, it's fascinating to me. Even I just watch and observe people all the time. What energy are you coming from? Mm-hmm. Always asking myself, what energy am I coming from? You get in the taskmaster, right? You start <laughs> checking the boxes. You're not alive. You're not. And we do this because oftentimes we believe we need to push, push, push. Um, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated. It's, you know, and there's certain charts and and people that I work with, like when I get the chart and I, I know a little bit about them, there's some of them where it's like, oh, this there's such a theme here. Some of them we have to dig a little bit further. Um, they don't feel as succinctly <laughs> um, written out. For you, I just, I see these very, very clear themes. I see these and, and, and I, I think that's a testament to, you know, your, your ability to stay aligned and to kind of just intuitively know a lot of this stuff. I hope that maybe some of this gave that confirmation that you are on the right path to maybe um, help give you permission to be patient and that patience isn't wrong, that patience is not only a virtue, but it's, it's part of your key virtues, key gifts, because when we're living in our gifts, we are living in high frequency in these little micro spots. And if you can live to get to the point where you're living in the gift of all of your frequencies, then you're riding high on life. And that doesn't have to happen all at once. We don't have to turn one big dial. We can just notice when we're in impatience and say, how can I release this and step into and find more patience? How can I gift myself more patience? How can I relax into this a little bit more? And just those little things. So I I hope that, I hope that this gave you some insight or, or, uh, or confirmation into some of the things that you were feeling already. A hundred percent. And I think it's the, again, the co-creation of knowing that you are, that you don't have to figure everything out by yourself. And yeah, it's like that knowing you're like, okay, okay, just slow and steady wins the race. No, this is this has been so much fun. I'm so glad that we got to do this together. This has been 
really fun. I haven't done like a full reading on the show before. So I'm so thrilled that, that this worked out where we could do this with you because this was such a beautiful reading. And it's funny, I got your chart yesterday. So I didn't know what we were gonna what we were gonna run into. I was like, oh, this is gonna be really fun. Um, but tell everybody a little more about the Nicole's gonna be an adventure. It is an adventure. You're exactly what you mean. <laughs> Um, tell everybody a little bit more about where they can find you, the work that you're doing right now, what's happening with you right now, and how can they stay in touch with you and learn more about what you do? Yeah. So I talk a lot on my podcast, Emotionally Uncomfortable, um, and really helping women feel everything that you said, really helping women feel alive by being the role model and talking about my experiences, but also taking my background and love for emotional intelligence and seeing and understanding human behavior to find that alignment within ourselves. And I attract a lot of women in corporate raising families who want to find that ease and flow and quote unquote balance. Um, and also women in business who want to grow, make more money, have more time, have more energy. And how can we do that? Um, and having a very hearty, healthy, aligned community um i've always been attracted which is so funny because i've never been attracted to community previous to coaching and then i got in a quality community and i was like oh, it was um i was like i'm craving this i'm missing this so um yeah head on over to emotionally uncomfortable i have so many free resources my book dying to be a good mother can be found anywhere books are sold online and i just truly believe that the more alive we become um that is what the world needs from us that is the quote-unquote secret that we're searching for in our parenting in our business in our lives um becoming more of you that's what the world needs i love it that is very in alignment with I'm sure the person listening to this show right now, because it's, you're speaking our language. And Heather, thank you so much for being here and for being a part of the show and for just being so open with us, with your chart, with your work, um, and with your with your energy and your spirit. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Nicole. And thank you for being a part of this conversation. We appreciate you making it all the way to the end with us. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, please come over on Instagram and let us know what you thought about this episode. Um, I will leave you with what I always leave you with. Please remember that you are only limited by the limitations that you accept. So when you stop accepting those limitations, that is when you become limitless. So go out there and be limitless, my people. I will see you in the next one. If you loved this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you want to stay in touch with us, we would love to have you as a part of our Facebook community, Practical Manifestors. It's a community for process-driven women looking for clear and actionable steps to embodying a life of wealth and alignment. Join us at Practical Manifestors in Facebook or go to www.innerceogroup.com.